Good morning, Greenhouse. Thank you guys so much for coming out today. My voice isn't with me because Chris Paul upset my heart last night, and I cried a little bit, but it's okay. It's all right. We're ready for this. We're ready for the sermon. Um, I'm going to pray before we get started, just so we can hop right in. I'll pray. Jesus, thank you for giving us the opportunity to hear from you. God, everything that I say, God, I ask that it comes directly from you. Anything I don't have planned, put it in there. Anything I have planned that needs to be taken out, rip it up out of there. But above all, be glorified, be magnified, and be exalted. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, thank you guys so much. Um, if you haven't been here, we've been in the middle of a series called Live Green, right? And so this is not only the core of who we are as Greenhouse Church and the Greenhouse Movement, but a little bit of who we think the core of being a disciple is, the core of being a Jesus follower is. If you missed last week's, Pastor Robert took us into the fact that through Jesus Christ, we have all authority. We have all the power needed and necessary for life and godliness through Jesus Christ. Remember that as we go forward today, because that's a big caveat to what we're going to be talking about, right? And so here's the issue, not the issue, but here is the crux. If you've been in church for any period of time, been around Christians for any period of time, you've heard of the Great Commission and or the Great Commandment. These two greats, these two great things, to us anyway, are the pillars of what it means to live green, right? And so as these two pillars kind of sort of frame out what it means to be a disciple and what it means to be a Jesus follower, we're going to take a look at these two pillars, we're going to hop in here, and we're going to tease out the thought, and the thought is, your journey with Jesus is incomplete until you start making disciples. Your journey with Jesus is incomplete until you start making disciples. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. If you would stand with me, please, because I'm old school like that, if the shirt hasn't told you that already. So Matthew 28, verse 19, it will be on the screen as well. I will read it. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Right? And so we'll turn also to the other great, the great commandment. That is Matthew 22, 36. Matthew 22, 36. It's also on the screen. Some people come up to Jesus and they ask him a question. They say, teacher, which command if the law is the greatest? He said to them, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. Thank you. You can have your seat. And so we deal with these two greats, the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, and how they are supposed to shame, sh shape and frame our discipleship and how we live life. John ended his sermon before he left with a story by Pendulette. And it's interesting because it stuck with me. He said this. He's an atheist. He's not a believer. But he has very strong feelings about believers. And he said this. He says, I don't respect it at all when believers don't evangelize. If you believe that there's a heaven and a hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and do you think that it's not really worth telling them this, not really telling them this because it would make it socially awkward and atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. He keeps it going and he has an issue. 
His issue is this. He says, how much do you have to hate somebody to not share the gospel with them, to not proselytize in his word? How much do you have to hate somebody? How much do you have to hate somebody to not bring them along in your discipleship journey? Right, and so we'll step back. What did Jesus say? Jesus says, love the Lord your God. Right, but he also said the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In our current day and age, we have love and hate on the two opposite ends of the spectrum. We say we either hate somebody or we love somebody. And so if we take the words of Jesus over here a little bit, a lot higher than we take the words of Pendulette, but think about it. Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. Pendulette says, if you really think there's a heaven and a hell and you do not share that with me, you must hate me. Right, this is the analogy, analogy I use in middle school. If you don't know, I'm also a youth leader here, right? And I'm one of the pastors here. That explains the shirt. No, it doesn't. But <laughs> No, but the analogy I use in middle school is this. I said, imagine someone walked up to you on the front row and said, hey, get out of here. A fire just started in the cafeteria. You got to go. And they ran out. They didn't, they didn't tell you, right? They didn't tell you to tell anybody. But imagine if you just slowly got up and just like walked to the back, knowing there's a fire in the cafeteria, And like, oh, they'll figure it out. They'll smell the smoke. They'll figure it out. They'll be fine. You must really not like me. If the building I'm in is on fire and you're like, he'll be fine. 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 But no, but this is the reality of the world we live in. Things, if we haven't noticed, are on fire all around us. And instead of hopping in and getting in the game, we're like, they'll figure, they'll smell it. They'll smell the smoke. What if they don't? Right, and so I have one objective, one thing I want to do for everyone today. It is my goal to get you off the bench and in the game. It is my goal, if I fail at everything else today, to give you a realization that God is calling you for so much more. Now, if you don't know me, I am a big Bible and theology nerd, a very big one, right? And so I don't get to Bible nerd out often, but I'm going to do it right now as we look at Matthew 28, 19. <laughs> oh, they let me Bible nerd in public, John. They, they said I could do it. I'm not going to read the Greek Bible. But if you look at that verse in Greek, growing up, I thought the crux of Matthew 28 and 19 was when Jesus says, go. I was like, oh, he wants, he's like yelling. He's like, go. Actually, it's not. If you look at it, it plays out more like this. It says, as you go disciple all nations. That, that, that is how it plays out in the Greek. Jesus says, as you go, disciple all nations. So he, he's very calm in the Greek, and then he gets really excited. Jesus says, this is the only verb in this sentence. It is not the go, it is the disciple. We are so focused on going to this place and that place, but we haven't really started to disciple. We're just going. Right, and so those three points, as you go, disciple all nations, will lay out my entire sermon today. If you're taking notes, write it down. Point one, as you go. Point two, disciple. Point three, all nations. Thank you. What happened to as you go? Here it is. See, the path of discipleship is not about going. It's about already doing what you're doing. We're so focused, and we're like, oh, I have to do this. I have to, I have to go to this place. I have to, you know, I got to go to Uganda. I got to go to Kuwait. I have to leave where I am and go somewhere else to make disciples. Jesus, is not, Jesus isn't telling us to get up and go somewhere. Jesus is saying, you are already doing something. You are already going somewhere. 
as you do it, make disciples. So what is it that you're doing in your day-to-day life where you could bring someone along the journey and make disciples? Think about it for a minute. Ponder it for a second. See, are you going? Are you stagnant? Because honestly, I believe that a lot of us here understand that God is asking us to make disciples. I don't think anyone's here is like, no, Malik, no, Christians aren't supposed to make disciples. That's not what we're supposed to be doing here. I think everyone agrees that we are supposed to be making disciples. I believe the issue lies in between believing and actually going or bringing people along as you go. So what is keeping us from moving on? Are you doubtful? Have you looked back over the course of your life and said, you know what, I can't do this. Like, I can, I'm so busy trying to get, I can't even get me right. How could I possibly bring someone along? And you're, so, and you're so wrapped up in all the things that you have done wrong, are doing wrong, or will do wrong, that you forget to bring someone with you as you make disciples. One thing I love about the Bible is it's very clear on what we're supposed to do. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul does not say, follow me as I get everything right. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. People are only following you close enough until they can get to Jesus. And we're so focused and we say, well, I can't do it. I can't make disciples. I've never made a disciple before. That's fine. I didn't make disciples either, right? And so you're like, I've never made a disciple before. That's cool. I was preaching for years and never made a disciple. But here is the issue. If you want to learn how to make disciples, we have these things called micro churches. We have this thing called the body of Christ, where people can work with you and in you and through you to help you learn to make disciples. So that, not knowing how isn't an excuse, right? So, so we'll backtrack and say, okay, Malik, you know, uh, I, just, I, just, okay, I, I, just, I just don't feel comfortable. I don't know enough. I'm not sure enough. I'm going to tell you a secret. Jesus has not called you based on your competency. He has called you based on his. Last week, Pastor Robert said, all authority is given, right? So he says, Jesus says he has all authority. So the authority whereby we evangelize and disciple is not us. It's Jesus. And so when you say, I cannot make disciples, what I hear is the God in me can't make disciples. And I know he can. So what is standing between the God in you and the you in you? I've been a Christian for a while, and one thing I don't do is get in God's way. He has a way of moving you out of the way to get things done. (laughs) For me, it's always a little bit more embarrassing. It's always like a pie-in-the-face moment to get things done, but he will do it. And so here's here's what Paul says. He goes, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. We're pointing people to the solution. We don't have the solution. All we're saying is, I see your problem. Let me can help. Let me take you to someone who can fix it, right? And so we have the ability to bring people in, but also we have the wherewithal to do so. As you go, Malik, I don't have the time. Malik, you don't understand, I work two jobs, you know, I have a wife, I have kids, I have all the things. What, are you going to go to the gym? Bring somebody to the gym. Make disciples. You're going to eat something today. Take somebody to lunch. Bring somebody to dinner. Invite someone over after this whole thing is over, right? So go out somewhere. Go to a park. Sit. You have time. I don't believe 
and I say this as graciously as I can, that you don't have time. I believe you have not made time. I believe I have not made time. Right, and so shift your schedule. If this is the imperative, if Jesus has literally told us to do two things, love God and love people, you have a 50% if you just love God. As a habitual test failure, that is an F. Like, that's not a, <laughs> that's not a, that is an F. Like, you have failed, right? And so, oh my gosh, Malik, I'm not a failure. We all failures, it's okay. But understand this, until we get to both loving God and loving people, we have not accomplished anything. As you go, keep doing what you're doing. Keep going where you're going. Just bring people with you. Discipleship is a journey. You don't make a disciple and stop, you disciple. You bring people along with you through the journey of life and you show them the Jesus who changed you as you go. Second step is the one where Jesus yells. He says, disciple. This is where Jesus gets to some of my favorite Jesus moments because he has given us a job that we cannot do. All the things Christ has asked of us, we cannot do in our own capacity. But I want you to realize he is calling you to do something bigger than you. God is calling you to do something bigger than you. Stop living life based on your own limitations. Stop living life based on what you can and can't do. Stop letting that hinder you from telling people about the goodness of God. Instead, tell them what he can do. Tell them what he has done. And if he is still doing it in you, that is a testimony too. You can say, you know what? I know that I still have a propensity to drink a little bit too much. But he is working on me. And as he is working on me, I promise you he can work on you. You do not have to get to a place where you think you are eligible to make disciples. From the second he stepped into your life, and he made you new, he made you a disciple maker. You are a disciple maker. I don't care what anybody has told you. I don't care what the last year of COVID has made you feel like. You are a disciple maker. And so the question is not can you, it is will you. Will you take the step? Will you step out on faith? Will you do the uncomfortable thing? What I mean by the uncomfortable thing is if you don't know me also, I am an introvert. There is a sign on the door at my office that basically says, do not enter. And <laughs> in more words than that. But when he calls us, he calls us to do something in his power. I do not have the ability to talk to people all day. It drains me. I get home and I just want to collapse on the couch. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to talk to anyone. My mother is here. You can ask her. When I walk in the door, she doesn't even talk to me anymore. I just go up the stairs. I'm going to, go to, I'm going to go sit down and no one talk to me. But beyond your natural propensity, there comes power. And when Jesus is in your life, he gives you the power to step beyond your limitations, to step beyond your personality to do something bigger, to do something greater. Make disciples. Disciple somebody. Not through your might, not through your power, but through his. Right? And so we live in this world, and the world Jesus was in, you know, ancient, ancient Israel, Jews had no issue with people coming in and becoming a part. What they did not do quite as well was go out and reach somebody, right? And so I believe a lot of Christians are very welcoming people. 
We, if they come, oh, they're going to feel at home. They are welcomed here, but there's a difference between welcoming and pursuing. Are you welcoming people or are you pursuing somebody? Right, and so but beyond standing at the doors, are you going to go and tell someone, like Pendulette said, hey, listen, you might not want to hear this, but there is a God who loves you. Beyond all the stuff going on in your life, there's a God who cares about you. Will you be the hands and feet of Jesus outside of welcoming people to Western High School? Beyond smiling at somebody, will you let Jesus tell you to stop in the middle of Publix and go talk to someone? That might sound spooky, but it's how he works, right? And so he, we are his hands and feet. He will not show up again. And when he does show up again, it won't be to evangelize. And so between now and when he returns, it is on us. And that might sound like a lot of pressure, but remember, the pressure is on him. Do you, can you imagine the things I would write on an essay if I knew I was going to get 100 on it no matter what I did? Do you know what I would write? I, I wouldn't even be a, a sentence. I would write the essay in tongues. There wouldn't even be a tongue smiley face emojis and all sorts of scribbles, right? Because I already know no matter what I submit, I'm getting 100. Why? Because the teacher's going to grade it in my favor. God is grading the test of your life in the favor of Jesus Christ. That is who he looks at. When he looks at your progress and when he looks at how far you've come, he is looking at Jesus. Your discipleship, it might not look like mine. It might not look like John's. And he isn't grading you based off me or John or you. He is grading you off his son, Jesus. The man who came and made 12 disciples, one of them sold him out to be murdered. The other denied him and went back fishing. That is who he is grading us off of. And I'm sorry if you think you have failed making disciples. If they haven't called a hate man on you yet, you're, you're, above, you're above par. Like you are right where Jesus was, right? And so if you feel like, I don't know if I'm doing good at this, have they called to have someone kill you for 20 pieces of silver? No, you're good, you're good. Keep going, keep going. Because that is the litmus test. He showed us by what we would consider to be failure that we don't have to be perfect because he was perfect. He who has called you is faithful. Do it. So as you go, disciple. Third point, and then I'm going to start yelling. No, I'm not. <laughs> all nations. As you go, disciple all nations. That means everybody. That means not only nations, but nationalities. That means thought processes. People on the right and people on the left. People you like and people you dislike. Yes, them. You have to, yet them, you have to disciple them. Whoever popped in your head, that person. You have to bring them along the journey. Why? Because that's what he told us to do. I don't tell God what to do. He tells me what to do. He tells us what to do. And so he says, hey, disciple all nations. You know, and so if you are wrestling with a call, if you feel somewhere in you that you are not just called to South Florida, but God wants to do something beyond this locale in your life, investigate it. Your application step, if you are this person today, is to spend focused time this week in prayer. Lock yourself in the room. Get to your secret place and say, God, if you're asking me to leave, show me. Do not waste your potential. Do not waste your time because you cannot make a decision. He is calling you to go out. He is pleading with you to do something. If that's where he's calling you, that's fine. 
I feel like Malik can't call me to go nowhere. That's fine. I'm in the same boat. I will never be called anywhere without AC. It's just not going to happen. It is a decision that God and I have made. If I can't put it down to 70, do not call me. But <laughs> no, but in all reality, so if that's you, you can not only, because you know, a lot of Christians we go, I don't go, you know, I don't do much missions work, but I give so much. I go to Greenhouse, we give 50% of every dollar away to missions, church planting, and the port. That doesn't absolve you from going. What the, what the kingdom of God is doing, what the funds you give, is not discipleship. That is what the church is doing because of the commission of God. That is what we are doing because of what he told us to do. What are you doing? What am I doing because of what he told us to do? Disciple all nations. If you live in South Florida, I have a secret to tell you. All nations are in your backyard. If you feel called to somewhere, they are at Walmart right now. Listen, if you were to leave here and be like, Malik, you know, I just feel called to, I feel called to go to Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia has a section at Walmart. Go in the Walmart aisle and all of Southeast Asia is there and tell somebody about Jesus. If you feel Malik, I want to go to the Caribbean. We got a whole aisle in Walmart. There are no excuses that can stand up to the commission that God has given you. If you feel called to go somewhere, go to Walmart, go to Aldi's, go to Lowe's. All nations are here. We're all here. I'm Jamaican. Pastor Robert's Dominican. John is Jewish. We are all here. And so if you are called to go out and to find these nations, please do it first here. Practice and sharpen your skills here. Right? And so... My grandmother would have a saying, I won't say it in Patois, but I will say it in an English translation. I refuse. I will say it in an English translation. She said, listen, learn to dance at your house before you dance abroad. Before you go outside and try to dance in front of people, dance at home. Right? And so here, <laughs> here is how this works. Here is how this plays out. If you feel like God is calling you to go do some spectacular thing in the world of ministry and you haven't done it in your life yet, investigate it. Investigate the call. If you think when you get to Sri Lanka, you're automatically going to become the Apostle Paul. The secret is that is not how this works. That is not how character works. That is not how development works. Instead, work on the little things at home. And if, like I said, if you aren't called, you can reach everybody here. You don't have to go anywhere. We're in a Western high school. We are at a high school. Around us is an entire community of people who need to see the love of God. Go. As you go, disciple all nations. I will pause here, and I will pause here for the closing part of my section. Band, you don't have to come up yet, but I was praying this morning, and I felt God say, some of us have relegated ourselves to the bench. I don't know what it is, but some of us feel as if we can't get in the game. I don't know what they told you. I don't know what you did. I don't know how you feel, but... I refuse to let you think you do not have the wherewithal to do what God is calling you to do. Search yourself. The purpose that you hid down inside. The thing that you buried. The talent that you refuse to use. Dig it up and use it. God is sitting outside and he's like, listen, I gave you this gift. I gave you this thing. And because of life's calamity and because of all that's been going on, listen, it might have been because of the last year it hit us all pretty hard. Dig it back up and use it. Do not die with what is in you. 
I do not know who this is for, but I'm not going to leave until I get it out. Listen to me. God has placed something inside of you. And I request, I beg you, if I could get on my hands and knees, I would, but that would be a spectacle for a whole nother day. But listen to me. He is calling you to go deeper, to go higher, to make a difference. If you're like, Malik, I'm not even a Christian. I'm not a Jesus follower yet. He is calling you. Listen, God wants you. Yes, you, wherever you are, whoever you are. If you are online, God wants you. Do not tear down the walls. Tear down all the things you've built. Tear down your excuses. Tear down your inadequacies. Listen, he wants you. I invite you to do what I do. Look yourself in a proverbial mirror today. All the things you see that make you feel as if you cannot do it. I invite you to do this. I invite you to face your doubts. Face your fears. Don't run from them. They're real. Your doubts and your fears are real. Face your doubts and your fears. And then conquer them with a commitment to his purpose. It is a commitment to his purpose. It does not rely on you. You are not the linchpin of success. The linchpin of success is Jesus. I'm going to end with a story. I won't read the whole verse, but Jesus is walking through Samaria. And he meets a woman at a well. And after talking with this woman, he, he gets in her face a little bit. And after their conversation, he says, bring your husband. And she goes, I don't have a husband. Jesus goes, you're right. You got five. And the one you are with now isn't your husband. By the end of this encounter, after Jesus has read her, she ends up evangelizing the entire area she is in. She has just been with Jesus. She ain't even been a believer for five minutes. But she goes out of her city and she says, come see a man who told me all that I had done. If you feel like he's read your laundry lately, that's fine. Tell everybody around you, come see a man who has told me all that I have done. Church of God, it is okay to be afraid. It is okay to be doubtful. The secret is I did not want to be a pastor at all, at all, right? So <laughs> it's funny. Robert and John get up and they're like, oh yeah, we're all messed up. And then this guy comes up here. He doesn't even want to do this job. But <laughs> I didn't want to be a pastor. I had strategically aligned my life in a way so that I couldn't even do this properly. I had made bets with people. I had made decisions. I was so delusional about the call on my life that on my way to Bible college, somebody's like, oh, are you going to be a pastor? I was like, absolutely not. Now, anyone with common sense says, he's going to Bible college. He's not going to pastor. i not that smart. I didn't put two and two together, but God did. I invite you to let him put two and two together in your life. Listen, he will make the ends meet. There's a song that says, he will make the darkness light. He will fight your battles. He will do everything that you need him to do. Let him use you, saint. Tear down everything you've built, all the issues, all, your, all the stuff. If COVID has relegated you to the bench, if you haven't been a microchurch leader, if you have stepped back, listen, you can keep working on yourself, but do not cease making disciples. Point someone to Jesus as you go. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep going to the gym. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Open your ears again. 
soften your heart again. He wants to use you. And like I said, if you haven't made a faith decision yet, I implore you today, let Jesus be the master of your life. If you want purpose, if you feel unfulfilled, he has all fulfillment locked inside of him. If you are bored with your version of Christianity, I can guarantee you, you haven't been making disciples lately. If you feel stagnant, if you feel like you haven't done anything, you're not going anywhere. Get out, get in the game, make a difference. There is room for all of us at this cross. Make a difference in God, saints. As my laughing before the band plays, I invite you to take a moment to look with it. If you have run away, if you have taken a break, if you have taken a back seat, if you are not making disciples, examine yourself. Repent first and foremost because it is a command from God. All of us, no matter who we are, if we have neglected to make the great commission, our mission, repent. And if you're like, Malik, I'm tired. Malik, I've been making disciples and I am exhausted. Listen, I understand. But do not grow weary in well-doing. Jesus is saying that he will give you rest. If you have never made a disciple before, get in the game. Let him use you. Let him change the world through you. Don't run from it like I did. You end up looking really silly. Don't run from it. Embrace who God has called you to be. And he will make new wine out of you. stand to our feet let's sing this out as our prayer so make so make me a vessel make me an offering make me whatever you want me to be God we But all you've given us, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Sing it again. So make me a vessel, make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. God, I came here with nothing. But all you have given me, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Sing where there is, where there is new wine, there is new power, there is new freedom. So I lay down my own flames to carry your new fire today. I challenge you to lift up your hands and pray. This is our prayer, Lord. So make me. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever. You want me to be God, I came here with nothing 
But all you have given me, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. We say yes, Lord. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Sing Jesus. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. I could ask our prayer partners to come to the front, please. My second point of application after you have examined your heart is to make a commitment today to get back in the game. You, you, you have what it takes. You can do it. You can make the difference. You can make the move. If God is calling you beyond the shores of this nation, beyond the bounds of this city, come and let us pray with you. If you just need prayer in general, our prayer partners are here. We are here as a church for you, and we want to commission you to send you out to change the so please come forward, let God use you, let him change your life. And I promise you this, he will make all things new. Church, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you, the Lord grant you his perfect peace.